Welcome to the I Love Alt Mortgages podcast, brought to you by Home Trust. And now, your host, Brennan Trenuth. Hey, listeners, today on I Love All Mortgages, I am joined by Teddy Kirez of Orbis Mortgage Group. As a Quebec based broker, Teddy shares with us the unique challenges and regulatory updates that affect how he does business. Even though he is based in Quebec, themes such as rising home prices and multiple bids are applicable to brokers across the country. So don't miss the valuable lessons he's learned along the way and his advice to navigate these difficult conversations with clients. Hey listeners, this is I Love Vault Mortgages. I am your host, Brennan Chnuth, and today I am joined by Teddy Kirez, president and mortgage broker at Orbis Mortgage Group based in Quebec. Teddy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Brennan, here. So how's it going with you? It's good. You know, starting to get warmer weather here. The snow is almost all gone, so can't complain over <laughs> here in Ontario. So, but yeah, thank you so much for being a guest here. You're actually our first broker from Quebec on the show, so I'm really excited to talk to you. You'll have to forgive my Francais. It's uh, pas bien. Uh, <laughs> what I do like to do, though, is get to know our guests a little bit more before we get into things a little bit more deeper. So just talking about, you know, your history and your background, why did you decide to join the mortgage industry and you know, what's your journey been like so far? Okay, so I was actually at a financial institution, BMO, back in the day, and I started in 2007, actually. And after working some various positions in the branches and from, you know, standard bank account openings to commercial lending, I decided to jump into the mortgage specialist role at BMO. So, you know, being a mortgage specialist at BMO is you're basically commissioned. There's no base salary. It's very similar to be a mortgage broker, but you just sell for the specific institution. And so I did that up until about April 2018. And then April 1st, 2018, I started Orbis. And uh, why I joined, going back to your question, I was very young back then and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And when I uh, had graduated at McGill, I wanted to go into banking. And was it investment banking? Was it, you know, managing a portfolio, you know, financial advisor, whatever? I just liked the aspect of lending. I liked it that you would help people and you're a little more in control of things. Versus, you know, if you invest in somebody's money, you're not in control, some in control, but not that much in control, you know, due to market forces. And then, you know, investment bank is a whole different beast and everything. But I really wanted to just be in control of things. I think that you can bring a lot of value to clients in the lending space. And, you know, at first I really loved residential lending because that was what I had chosen to do at BMO and making people happy and, you know, find their houses. It's always a positive thing, right? People are very happy when they do their mortgages. And I like that part of it there. Yeah, for sure. And did you find that you're moving over into the brokering space, you just had more solutions available to you that you could kind of meet different clients' expectations at different processes and times and things like that? Yeah. So, you know, during my, I guess, 10, 11 years as a mortgage specialist at BMO, you know, back in 2007, when I started, you know, Essentially, there was one product, there was one rate, you know, one way of doing things, and sure. you would see the market evolve over time. And I truly believe that, you know, we have options now. And then as I was going up, you know, in 2016, 2017, at BMO, I was looking at the different options out there in the market. Don't get me wrong, great products at BMO. I love working there. I had some great mentors, and some have actually joined us on the brokerage on my end here. And but I just felt that I needed more options. And you know, from the A space to the alternative space, then going down to private to commercial, you really have access to everything. 
And that was my main motivator where I would see the market changing. I would see having access to the products. I didn't never want to say no to a client, right? And that was the whole thing where, you know, as a mortgage broker, you can find the solutions that are out there for the client. Like, it's not really a no, it's what's the rate, right? So the client wants to put 20, 25% down, you'll find a solution out there for the person. It's okay, what's the rate now? And what's the different options and the pros and cons of each of the options? And that's a better conversation than, you know, well, my product is this and you don't fit in my box and, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> and that's why I really jumped into this here. So jumping back, so April, 2018, you opened Orbis, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. So what was your vision for the company when you're opening this? Because I'd say, you know, that's a big step, right? Opening up the yes, broker. Yes. So I had a pretty good gig at BMO. I was doing very well. I had a whole team of assistants and I'm doing a good amount of volume. And then when I decided to join this, my vision was to have a brokerage that is tailored to the top end brokers, top end mortgage agents out there. And that will deliver the most value to them, but also somewhat be a structure between a pure bank structure that's very corporate, very structured, and a pure old school broker structure that is really like no support, you do what you want, here's a platform and send it where you want. I want it to be a hybrid, I want it to be in the middle and bring you know, some coaching there, bring support, bring underwriting support and giving knowledge and not, I had an original game plan, I've adjusted it over the years, but really giving the clients the real options. And often many mortgage agents, mortgage brokers knew like, I know three, four banks and I send my three, four banks and my three, four institutions. But no, there's, you know, I think we dealt with or was it 48 institutions last year. So, and private lenders and then a mix of everything. But, you know, on our end, I wanted the clients to have access to all of the lenders. And how could you do that? Because there's a lot of knowledge to be learned and a lot of support to be given because one mortgage broker doesn't know every single policy of every single bank. And how would you incorporate that? So my vision was really give that type of environment and give the most that you can to the mortgage agents and really support them as they're growing and, you know, from the beginning, but also they want to have, you know, big success, have, you know, do $100 million of volume, well, support them throughout that path. Yeah. So obviously to, you know, have a successful brokerage, you need to have really good, you know, company culture. So how would you describe the company culture at Orbis? So the culture is unique in a sense that we are very team oriented, even the mortgage brokers, they all work together. And, you know, we really want to create that environment that is positive environment, but it's a go-getter environment. So we really are emphasizing on, you know, mortgage agents and mortgage brokers who want to achieve high success. We don't want part-timers. We don't want people who are just going to be here. They want to do 10 deals a year. You know, they had another occupation. No, it's not the environment. It's an aggressive environment from that perspective where we want people to do well, but we encourage and we push them to do well. And it's a fun environment. I wanted a fun culture where everybody's having a good time. You know, you work hard, play hard, right? And that's the culture that I've enjoyed, that I've been brought up in, that I want to create here that's a little bit unique from that perspective than some other brokerages out there. And, you know, again, it doesn't fit everybody. Some mortgage agents say, listen, I want to do my thing and I don't want to be bothered. And, you know, but I think that, the ones and that's fine. I'm okay with that. And of course, some people say I want to do part time, and this is not the right brokerage for you. You know, honestly, there's other ones out there that are probably better suited for you. But if you fit the mold, the model that we want, and then I do believe you have a great chance of success. You're going to have success here, and that's really what we're pushing is those sort of people to grow with. Yeah, I mean, that was going to lead into my next question is, you know, what do you do to promote that growth and career development for your brokers, right? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of them that 
coming into the industry maybe a little bit newer so then you know what's that process for you and getting them to be you know the best that they can be for you you know we have many different types of people that are joining us and we've grown significantly since uh, april 2018 when you have the new 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 mortgage brokers that have never done a deal ever in their life whatever no, we have a training program that they have to come on board with the AMF. We have to, but we've designed a specific 12-week training that really touches on the lenders during the first 12 weeks. And then, you know, during that time, they're learning, you know, the policies, they're learning the lenders, they're learning our technology, they're learning just, you know, the simple due diligence that's needed in the file, but you also have a coach behind you. And so we have director of sales. That's what our model is, almost like a bank model where, they have different teams and each team has a director of sales that could support them from a coaching perspective where you're not left alone to go fend for yourself. Like we support you and design a business plan around your network, around your wants, your needs, and try to help you to the most success within your own different perspective there. And that's really had a lot of success because everybody's salary-based. The mortgage agents know, but all the employees are salary-based. And so, you know, you do have a full-time salary coach director that's supporting you. You know, you have questions on escalations, on rates, on lenders, you know, and you have that. And then also, we also have a specific underwriting team. So you have a sales team, you have an underwriting team, and that's where I was talking earlier, the knowledge of the lenders, the lender space, you know, Somebody walk in, like this is a home trust podcast, obviously, but somebody walking in and doesn't know how the alternative deal is done, you know, it needs support. We need coaching, right? So sure. we have a dedicated team that's going to help somebody, you know, put together an alternative deal. And let's say if somebody doesn't have experience and is from a bank, he's a mortgage specialist from a bank, you entering this field, you have no idea, you know, oh, that deal is doable here, right? That, that alternative deal like that would have been a complete no at the bank yeah. is doable. How do you manage the deal? How do you speak to the clients because sometimes you know when you're selling it for one specific finance institution it's one way of talking one way of dealing with the clients but when you have options and i find the perspective and how you bring it to the client how you discuss everything with the client is very very different in this field and so just coaching the people from a sales an underwriting perspective and also from a growth perspective where let's say somebody is growing they do you know first couple of years they're really really well and they're on their growth trajectory there well, as they move up in the volume, as their app intake increases, as their volume, they have different challenges, right? And sure. you know, I've been through it, and the coaches of all coach people who have done it, where there's different levels where, you know, now you need an assistant, or now you need a second assistant, or now you need a dedicated underwriter, or, you know, maybe you should have a marketing person. So that's supportive, not just for the people starting off, but also the high performers, how they get to that next level is there, right? We're sort of thinking outside the box and we encourage everybody to expand their boundaries like that. Yeah, so I mean, that's great. Sounds like you have a really good training process in place and great support for your brokers there. I just want to add in one more question when we're on that topic, really about, you know, how important are lenders in that education process for you, you know, relationships with various BDMs and things like that, making sure that, you know, your team is up to date on what we are doing or others are doing in the industry. Well, BDMs are key, right? And we want to implicate them 
at the right time. You know, the first week every medium contacts that new, that new mortgage agent might be yeah. a little overwhelming. So sure. we do stagger it over the 12 week process. And even after we do bring in the BDMs with even team meetings. Uh, we have one once a week where there's a lender that's there and giving their perspective of their products and their needs and what type of deals that they want and everything. But the BDMs are key, right? And we find the BDMs as partners. We're not trying to negotiate a deal with them. It's like, we're partners. I know what your appetite for type of deals are. Let's match our deal flow with your appetite of deals. And that will be much more efficient than trying to, you know, push a deals to a lender that that's not the type of deal that they want. We want to give the lenders the deals that they want. And the BDM is a key driver of that. And you know, every bank has their different style of dealing. Their BDMs work a little bit differently from institution to institution, but we have some really good relationships out there and that's really key for us. So. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thanks for answering that. I want to switch to something that is pretty amazing here. And I was reading a lot about it. So you were featured in the Goss Club magazine, which is the first business magazine for women. You were discussing Orbis and how a lot of the leaders in your organization are women. So can you speak to how these women play such a pivotal role in your brokerage? Yeah. So I think diversity is key here. And I have a lot of different diverse, especially women from different backgrounds and not just, you know, personally, but also from their work experience. And that's been really key to my success. And do I aim for just women? No, that's not what I do. But I really want the best person for the job. And we've had some great success. And a lot of our key management are women here. And we really encourage that. And I think that it's been very successful for us. So you don't want to change uh, something that's working. And we're proud of that as well, where it's equal opportunity, where it's like, whoever does the best for the job, that's how we really look at that, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, talking about that, you know, what do you think that is about your brokerage that you bring to the table that, you know, you play a role in breaking down barriers for women in financial services? And it's a topic that we're discussing a lot more of lately. So what kind of role do you think your brokerage plays in all of that? I think how we look at that and our role is really, we don't look at gender as a thing. It's really, like I said, it's like the best person for the job. And, you know, I want my mortgage brokers to be the best brokers in the industry. And I'm not going to have any, you know, different ladders that's going to stop that. Or I think that it's really creating an environment that is what we've created, which is a successful environment where people want to achieve high performance goals or really pushing for the different levels. Now, I want to bring those people in there. And if it happens to be women, it's women. If it happens to men, it's men. But, you know, on our end, there's no, you know, I want to hire X amount of people for no. It's really like, who's the best person for the job? That's how I look at that there, you know. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. Obviously, the Quebec real estate market is you know, a little bit different than the Ontario market that I'm used to. So what would you say are some of the unique challenges that Quebec brokers are facing right now? And you know, how have you positioned your brokerage to manage these challenges? Well, the past 24 months has been incredible. The price growth scene in Quebec, we've always been a pretty consistent market where prices have gone up, but just you know, a little bit every year. Really, we've had some tremendous growth the past 24 months of prices. And we really had to adjust to that market where their price increase, obviously a lot of it's been driven by lack of supply of properties. And, you know, previously we didn't really have multiple offers on a property. You know, one person wanted to like a property, they make an offer and, you know, it closed like that. Now we have to deal with the multiple offers, conditions, you know, trying to weigh financing quickly where there's a tremendous pressure on that back end there. And, you know, before if, you would get the deal done in 10 days, it'd be 10 days. And here, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but in Quebec, 
you need a complete final in 10 days or 14 days, whatever it is, where you need to have waived all the conditions where the lender has given letter is stating that, you know, the final approval and there's no outstanding conditions. So you can't personally waive the financing. So it's not like it's some of the other provinces where you, you know, waive yourself and take that risk on yourself. So there's a lot of pressure from that back end to get the deals done. Obviously, with appraisals coming in, so that's coming in short, it's stressful. And my broker just really dealt with it with our underwriting team and our relationship with the banks. We have very good relationships. You know, our volume helped us with really quick service with the different institutions. But also, when you get the deal in, you want to choose the right lender the first time. You don't want to send a deal hoping it gets approved to a specific lender that, you know what, you know, you're friends with them, but it's not the right deal for them. And so our underwriting team, their look to book ratio is very, very high. And we've really concentrated on choosing the right bank first time and not, you know, getting any turndowns or pushback, understanding the delays where some banks will take 24 hours right now to give you a commitment and maybe next week it's seven days. So we talk with our underwriters about delays and we talk about, you know, the appetite for the different deals within the market. So really having that aspect down is really important to us. And we've had a lot of success dealing with this industry. And, you know, we have many different methods for the clients to get their financing and help them achieve their goal. And, in the end, if you're transparent with them, if you work in collaboration with them and the real estate agents or the real estate brokers, you'll be able to manage it. And that's been our biggest challenge for sure in the past 24 months. So. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely been feeling a lot of that as well. So thank you for sharing that. I'm happy that we're not the only ones that are dealing <laughs> with that as well. And I understand that more recently, the oversight of Quebec brokers has been transferred to a new regulator, which is AMF. I won't even begin to kind of break that down because I'm not good at French, but what are some of the changes that they've introduced? So the AMF is the Autorité des Marchés Financiers. It's a new regulator here in Quebec. They came in in May 2020. That's when they started. It's been a game changer for us. You know, I was used to dealing with them because when you work at a bank, you deal with them on the investing side, not with the lending side, but, you know, I did have a license back in the day, you know, when I was working the branch to invest money and whatever. And so what they've brought in is just a sense of professionalism to the industry. I think the standard has increased from our end. So the public has looked at us, I think, in a different way. At the same time, there's more due diligence and there's more aspects on our end that are involved where, you know, previously it wasn't as regulated and it was a little bit more open. But now it's when you give a client a deal or a certain lender, when you offer some sort of options to a client, you have to back that up. You can't just give something because it's simple. You have to justify everything you're doing. You have to know what you're doing, justify what you're doing. Why did you give a variable versus a fixed? Does the client understand the risks of both? Does the client understand the penalties for the lender that you're going with? Is this a suitable product for the client? You have to do a needs assessment. So it's really brought in a lot more to this profession, which I actually am very pro that. I think that it's going to bring our profession much higher in the perception of people within Quebec, which is needed because, uh, you know, previously our market share was much lower than the rest of Canada for mortgage brokers. And I do believe, and it's, it's already starting to shift the market to the mortgage brokers. And that's really I think a key driver of this is that change there. Is it really fundamentally changing a whole lot between the conversation with the client and an agent? Like, you know, you said that now you have to go into a little bit more in depth about variable and fix and things like that. Is it really fundamentally that much different than what you guys would have already been doing beforehand? You should have been doing it beforehand, but yeah. now it's 
documented. Now you have to do it. And I think a good mortgage agent, mortgage broker would have done that before, right? Sure. And now they've taken really the best practices and implemented it and made it a rule. And it's not just that part of it. There's other aspects of the AMF that has changed the game where, sure. you know, from a broker's perspective, there's a lot more compliance that's needed. Yeah. And that's, you know, changed some of our aspects on our end. From a real estate agent perspective, it's changed a little bit because previously real estate agents in Quebec were receiving commission from banks directly from mortgage specialists for deals. And now that's completely changed the way they can do that. And so it's changed the whole industry as a whole. But from a client's perspective, you're saying back from a client's perspective, you know, now I believe that they should be. And, you know, right now, if they're not, they should be getting 100% of the time the right product for themselves. I think that they should have full knowledge of what they're entering into. And, you know, that's the role of a mortgage broker is really guiding them, creating a partnership and really guarding and giving the right knowledge to the client to make sure they make the right decision. And I think it's going to be very, very good for us long term. Short term, it was very tough, right? Yeah. Getting mortgage brokers, mortgage agents to change their everyday, what they've been doing for 20 years. Sure. <laughs> it's not easy. That form's not good anymore. Now we have to have a new form or you have to add another step to the process or you have to, you know, take notes and save your notes. And it was a very big hurdle to change. And the AMF is going through audits of all the different brokerages out there and making sure that it's just more of a knowledge type of thing, making sure that everybody's, you know, understands the name of the game. We've gone through ours and, you know, it's really interesting how they look at things and their perspective of things are very, very different than they used to be with the OECIQ. I applaud that and I'm happy with that. Great. Recent data from the Quebec Professional Association of Real Estate Brokers show obviously house prices rising significantly in both Montreal and Quebec City, and I'm sure a bunch of other towns there as well. How do you think that B lenders fit in this environment of surging prices? Oh, B lenders are key right now. You see, well, in Quebec, there's not as many B lenders and alternative lenders in Quebec as there are the rest of the country. And that's where we work closely with them. I think, you know, the key for the alternative lenders concerning the prices is right now, prices are going up so quickly that once you get an evaluation, it could be, you know, today is 500000 but the comparables are from three months ago that was selling at $460,000. And so that's a big challenge that we're having for all the institutions out there, right? And so with B lenders, you know, what we look at also is as prices increase, it's less people are in transition with their job or in transition with different aspects that they can't specifically get approved for that price range right now. But, you know, we know that in 12 months, we'll get them to a regular lender. We can help with that transition, you know, in this environment. A lot of the alternative lenders are actually expanding their territories right now. So the price still gone up so much that, you know, what people are moving outwards yeah. and yeah. that's expanded the territories, you know, home versus on that equitable, even haven tree. So you guys have all done that and it's helping expand that alternative product in Quebec that was not really there before. It was very minimal. A lot of the outskirt deals were done by like one or two institutions and originally were really done by the alternatives. And really the alternatives are there to fill a need that was there before, but it just wasn't served. And right now it's really getting there and it's, it's helping out with the market, with everything out there. So I think there's so much more potential for alternative loans here in Quebec. I think that it's just people are starting to understand what the possibilities are and how they're used and you know the pros of using them and how to present a file not many brokers also know how to present a file properly right so we're really trying to help educate them help explain that to them and expand 
the territories and it's good for us here. Yeah, yeah well, that's awesome. Here on the podcast, we love stories. We love hearing different stories and things like that. So I'm just wondering if you have an alternative client story that really demonstrates it may not necessarily be you, but maybe somebody else in your brokerage, you know, your ability to find the right solution for the client. We have tons of stories, but I think, you know, and that was the big thing is moving to this type of space where you have the options. And I can think of one specific situation where we had a client that, you know, whether it was my previous client, actually a BMO, calls us up and says, listen, I'm in a little bit of trouble. I have, you know, the details, but he had some, some credit problems. And so, you know, he couldn't refinance his debts. He was very limited to what he could do. And really, it was something that he needed help, right? He was reaching out and does very, very well personally. And so a broker of mine did this deal where he took the client, he went to private, right? He got a private loan and, you know, really to shore him up in the six months and pay off all his liens, pay off everything that he owes, you know, clean him up a little bit. And then nine months later, we had refinanced him out with an alternative lender. And he was so thankful because, you know, once people come to see us, they don't understand. They think it's the end of the world. They think that, you know, they're going to lose their house. There's so much pressure on their shoulders. You know, they have bills and people are calling them. But if you actually create a game plan, which is what the AMF actually wants us to do is, you now step one is we're going to just clean you up. Okay. Step two is yeah. we're going to rebuild your credit. We're going to refinance you with alternative lender, bring down that rate, you know, going from your privates or the 12 range, bring yeah. it down. And then it's something that's, even though you're not at the AAA space yet, and he's going to get there, yeah. this year, we're going to bring him there. It's that he has something that's manageable for him, right? That wasn't manageable before. And, you know, obviously we're thankful that prices have increased and it's really helped people out like that. But for this specific situation, you know, this person's a doctor as well. So it's not, you know, specific situations where it's a specific person that gets in trouble like that. It's really anybody. It can really happen to anybody in this space. And just finding that solution, helping them out and making sure they're secure, they stay in their house. And that's what drives us, honestly. Like it, it's not only about the money, everything. It's really about like helping people out as well and finding those solutions there. Yeah, no, that's a great story. It really demonstrates, you know, your relationship with your clients, your ability to get them a solution when he didn't really think there was one, and then slowly put a game plan together to move them back to where, you know, you had them originally, right? Yeah. So that's a really great story and, you know, one that we see a lot of over here anyways. And so just getting into final thoughts here, you know, what's one thing that you wish someone told you when you started Orbis? Well, I think there's more than one. Honestly, I was very fortunate that when I started Orbis, I had some mentors at BMO that were great to me that, you know, I learned a huge amount of info from the banking space. So at a regional VP that was very close to BMO, who was, you know, helped me, guide me through my career. But when I started as a broker, we were part of Symbic, and John Barr just was a great, who's the owner and CEO of Symbic, who's a great mentor. He did, you know, provide a lot of insight. I spent a lot of time with him and, you know, I think it was great. Part of my challenge was obviously it's Quebec market, right? The Quebec market's a little bit more unique and everything. And so I had a game plan down. I had written, you know, this is how things are going to work. And I had a business plan of what things we're going to do. I would say half came true. <laughs> the other half that I've had to readjust a little bit. I think a lot of it is the compliance part of it is a lot more when you do own a brokerage. It's not just about the deal. It's about the compliance. It's about the support that we have technology and it's a big office great technology. But, you know, I think it's about that. The other part of the deals that you weren't aware of, you know, that it's like there's more to the deal. And, you know, it's just some basic everyday things that 
you had overlooked before you owned a brokerage and everything. And obviously part of the stuff that I didn't know, but I thought I knew, but I didn't know as much as what I needed to know is the lender knowledge, right? That was the key thing. Once you enter, especially from an institution and you think you know mortgages, but once you get here, you know your bank, you don't know the other banks and the, you know, 47 other lenders that we deal with and their rules and their policies and how they operate every day. Improve that lender knowledge is key. I've adjusted that where, you know what, like that's why we have that 12-week program now where you really touch on as many lenders as you can and getting that knowledge up there and understanding what every lender wants and not just send it randomly. Like understand yeah. what the lender wants and go from there basically. Any piece of advice for somebody who is becoming a new entrepreneur out there? It doesn't even need to be in the broker space, just in general. I think you have to work hard. You have to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. The success takes some time to you, but... If you're focused on an end goal, you have a vision of what you want, that's key. You can't work, you know, like a chicken with a head cut off, basically, where just running yeah. around doing everything. You have to, you know, really be focused and you have to have the right people around you. That goes back to, you know, an infrastructure of support. You can't do everything either. Yeah, maybe you're the best at XYZ, but you can't do XYZ plus run the brokerage or plus run the company. So you have to really trust people give them the trust that are, create an environment where there's a value proposition to people coming in. And that's what we try to do with our brokerages. There's a lot more value for than you know, whatever it is, our competition. So we try to create that environment and just really stick to it. Again, it doesn't happen overnight, the long game out there, but if you do the right activities and rework the right way off the beginning and you'll have the success that you need and everything and you'll get there. That's really great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Honestly, Teddy, it's been really great speaking with you and getting to know about your team, the market that you're in, and your overall business model as well. You're a great partner of ours. So thank you very much for your support and wishing the Orbis team you know, all the best in 2022. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And you know, you guys have been great partners of ours as well. Use the word partners and not like bank, right? And I think that that's yeah. the key to success. And we are looking to have a great 2022. I think it's just starting. It's uh, early in the season right now, but we're yeah. this year. So we're excited for that as well. Awesome. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of I Love All Mortgages. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.